Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 16 when we get to it. So Matthew 5 uh, verse 16. Um, and listen, I apologize in advance. Um, we had some technical difficulties and we weren't able to give the media team everything that they needed uh, for on the screen and so they did the best they could if it does not match which it, mo a lot of them will not match exactly the translation of scripture that I'm using um, bear with them blame it on me okay I take full responsibility and so usually I'm on track with that but this morning uh, you know time and technology got away from me and so Matthew 5 or 16 uh, we will open up in a word of prayer and get right into it. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for your people and your church. Uh, I ask God for your grace and your mercy. I ask God for your help as we preach. Uh, Lord, our goal this morning is not to offend. Our goal this morning is not to discourage. Our goal this morning is to do exactly what you've asked us to do, is to share the truth in love, uh, to encourage the body, to encourage your church, uh, to live faithfully unto you, to obey your word, uh, and to strive to live holy lives as unto you. God, help us as we receive your word. God, help us as we... Uh, uh, endeavor to be your church in 2024. Thank you, God, for your blessings. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And so last week, we actually started a new series uh, that we entitled Church Life. Church Life uh, is the name of the series, and, and I did not kind of um, give us parameters, and so this may end up extending a, a few more weeks or, uh, or not. And so just bear with me on that. We, this was kind of a, 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 kind, of a mis, a, a, a kind of God redirecting me. I had something else planned, um, but this is what he wanted us to deal with is church life. And so we looked at the nature of the church last week. That's what we talked about, the nature of the church. And we found out that the Bible calls the church at least four different things. Obviously, the church is referred to uh, in many ways in Scripture, but there were four things that we talked about that the Bible calls the church. And so we're just going to real quick uh, give that to you. It's the abbreviated version. If you missed last week, I'm going to catch you up. And so this morning, the Bible calls the church a fellowship. Would you say fellowship with me? Fellowship. One more time. Say the word fellowship. And so the Bible calls the church a fellowship, which is where we started last week. We said that we're supposed to walk in harmony and get along heading in the same direction, but that, that, that is in a perfect world, right? We know that sometimes we are not in harmony, uh, and so uh, uh, our, our, we're out of tune sometimes. Uh, we don't always uh, get along in the fellowship, and so uh, we want to make sure that we are, when we disagree or when we're not in harmony, uh, that we do so respectfully, that we do so in a way that honors God, right? Uh, I even gave you the corny illustration, and I hope you remember it, uh, not necessarily for it being corny or whatever, but uh, that it would stick in your mind. We said that when you think of fellowship, we want you to think of uh, two fellas in a ship. 
I said it was corny. I hope it's stuck. I hope you're like, oh, yes, we remember that. We were wondering um, if you were okay, if you had your coffee. I don't drink coffee. Maybe that's the problem. And so we said that fellowship is like two fellows in a ship. And so we're talking about walking in harmony. We're talking about getting along. And so in that fellowship, in regard to being in a ship, we're all this morning in this ship called the church. And we are, whether we like it or not, we're headed in one direction or supposed to be. Um, and so you, unless you are rowing against the flow, unless you are uh, trying to drag the main ship a different direction, we are going in one direction. We are fellows in a ship and we have no, uh, uh, no other alternative but to figure it out. Anybody ever had that told to them? Figure it out. You don't know what you're doing, figure it out. And so when we are not getting along, when we're not singing or talking or being in harmony, we've got to figure it out or break fellowship. And my encouragement is obviously for us to have grace toward one another, for us to, how many of you have ever had to agree to disagree? Just me? Just me, I, 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 hey, I get it, you know, you guys are perfect, and so you've never had to agree to disagree, uh, but I have been in those seasons where things were not to my liking, or where someone's opinion did not match my opinion, and uh, we just said, I just said, you know what, it's, it's not worth an argument, it's not worth an offense. How many of you know the devil wants you to be offended? We're living in a day and age where everybody's offended. You say the smallest thing the wrong way or, or your tone. Your tone, isn't just, your tone isn't just right. And so somebody gets offended. Listen, in church, if we're not vigilant, if we're not careful, we can let somebody break our fellowship by allowing ourselves to be offended, by allowing ourselves to see what they did as something against us and just all of these things. And so remember that fellowship is like two fellas in a ship. And so we got to do our best to honor each other. We got to do our best to walk in harmony. We got to do our best to, listen, we're going to spend all eternity together. So figure it out. We need to figure it out. We also said that the Bible calls the church a family. A fa that goes right along with that, right? We said that some of us come from dysfunctional families uh, where there was all kinds of things that just did not match what everybody else had. I know that in myself, I am the youngest of 13. There was alcoholism and addiction in my family. Um, there was abuse in my family. There was, I can name a bunch of other things. Dysfunction is what I like to label it. And so as a family, uh, there was all that going on. And I, I had a choice to make. I know that, that we all have a choice to make. We, some people have said, well, that's not my father and that's not my mother or I disown my family or, or I'm, I haven't talked to my family in years. It's, you can do all of those things by your choice, by your decisions, but that did you realize that doesn't make them any less your family? You can't change biology by your words. You can't change biology by your words. So although you may not like how your family is, you may not like how your father treated you, you may not like how your siblings treated you in the family, you are in a, fa a human family. But we said that the church is also a family and that sometimes in this family, there's also some dysfunction. We, uh, but the challenge is, the, the encouragement is for us to love and respect each other as we do life together. I didn't say it was easy. I didn't say it was perfect all the time. You're not always easy and you're not always perfect and neither am I. Don't get offended this morning. I, you know, I, I like to share the truth and, and, and sometimes the truth is offensive if we let it offend us. 
Listen, as brothers in Christ, I already said it, we are eternally connected. We are eternally bound together. If Jesus is living in your heart this morning, that means that your destination one day is going to be heaven. And that means that you're going to be there with people that you are seated next to this morning, I hope, I pray. And so that as we spend eternity together, uh, we, we hopefully have, ha, will have figured it out a little bit here, but things are going to be perfect there, perfect bodies, perfect surroundings, perfect uh, interactions with each other wonderful but this is the the dress rehearsal the bible calls the church a fellowship it calls it a a family we're eternally connected together and as we interact with each other we can honor god by our interactions or we can dishonor god did you know that if you dishonor your brother or sister you're actually dishonoring the lord because jesus is on the inside of them and so you're tearing them down or you're discouraging them or you're venting or whatever. Be very careful. We want to be respectful. Amen? We want to honor God. We also said that the church is, uh, the, the Bible calls the church a body, a body. And so this morning, some of us are young and some of us are old and some of us are in between. And we know that this body is wonderful when it feels good. It is wonderful when all of the parts are functioning how they're supposed to. It is wonderful when you are just feeling great. Like, man, I can take life on today because this body is functioning like it's supposed to. How many of you know that the, the body doesn't always function like you'd like it to. So we have many different parts in the body, in the church, many different parts, and each part has a value. It's important, and we're supposed to build unity and diversity. I said this kind of as a joke, but it's not really. It's like we're all different. Listen, I'm Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. I, I, I'm, I, I look like I have a little tan here this morning, and you don't, some of you. And, and we, we, you know, we may all like different things. We all may look differently, and, and that is a good thing. It doesn't decrease your value. It just says that you're different. And God loves variety. God loves diversity. Remember this morning that in the body, each person is uniquely equipped to help the body function in a healthy way. And so if you are attending Cross Point this morning or if you have attended any other church, the church is full of of broken body parts at times and we don't always function in a healthy way and so if there's an area of the church that you feel is weak if there's an area of the church that you feel is not as strong as it should be that should let you know that there is some issues with the body parts and you can be a part of the solution and try and help or you can actually be a part of the problem say amen or ouch you, uh, you can be a part of the solution or you can be a part of the problem. And so we encourage you to, listen, we, we like to say at Crosspoint, together we're better. Together we're better. Not perfect. Together we're better. We don't have it right all the time. Together we're better. And so to function in a healthy way, we all need to do our part. We all need to be willing to overlook our faults. Uh, even our sins uh, toward each other at times. Uh, anybody ever have somebody sin against you, lie against you, uh, do something that you didn't like or whatever? Listen, sometimes we have to bury that. 
Sometimes, boy, Lord, you deal with them. Lord, you deal with your son. You deal with your daughter. Because if I deal, it's not going to be pretty. And so that's all a part of being in the body. We're all different. And so the last thing that we talked about is that uh, the Bible calls the church a flock. The Bible calls the church a flock, and so we gather regularly in Christ, and the world should be able to tell a difference when we walk. They should be able to tell a difference when we serve. They should be able to tell a difference when we function uh, together. Uh, it's important to stay connected so that we can show concern and so that we can safeguard each other. This morning, if you didn't know, you're your brother's keeper. You're your sister's keeper. We're in the flock. We're in this together. No one is more important than the other. No one has more value than another. We're in this together, and so we ought to have warmth together. We, there ought to be safety in the flock. And so um, that is what four things, at least four things that the Bible uh, calls the church. Now listen, each of these words that we gave you, they give us a different understanding of the church. They show us the nature of the church uh, in many ways. And connected with that, we made a controversial statement that uh, uh, sometimes your pastor loves to kind of uh, say something to see what the reaction is. And so we made a controversial statement that I'm going to make again. And we said that you can't grow, you, you yourself, you can't grow to full maturity in Christ without involvement in God's church. You can't grow to full maturity in Christ without involvement in God's church. And we said that we might get some, some kickback on that because there's a lot of people that say, you know, I'm a pastor, so I've heard everything under the sun. Pastor, I can go to church on the golf course. Pastor, I have church in the boat while I'm fishing. Pastor, I have church. Listen, we know that the church is not a building, right? The church is the people. The church is, the, more specifically, the gathering of the people. And so I wonder how you have church, you and the fish. I wonder how you have church, uh, you and the golf clubs and the golf balls. It just doesn't quite compute. Listen, you were never, you and I were never created to follow and serve Christ on our own. You were not meant to be a lone ranger. You were not meant to isolate. You were not meant to, when things get tough, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to hide. I'm just going to go away. I don't want anybody to see me like this. I don't want anybody to, to give me their two cents. I don't like it when, you know, people are nosy. People get all up in your business. And listen, that's all a part of being in the body. But can I tell you something? That when you run and when you hide and when you isolate, you're falling right into a neatly drawn up uh, 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 a trap. A trap. Because you were never created to follow and serve Christ on your own. You and I, we were built for community and all together we grow in our competence and all together we grow in our character. How? By doing life together. You ever wonder why God has placed you in this place and there are people that don't agree exactly with you and, and there are people that rub you the wrong way and that person looked at me cross-eyed and I, Pastor Freddie, that person, every time they talk, the hair on, my, on the back of my neck stands up because I just maybe can't. Go ahead and preach, Caleb. 
Listen, we're all different. We're in the family. We're in the fellowship. We're doing life together. This is the process. God has you here on purpose and for a purpose. And while you are here, guess what? That annoying person is developing your character. That, That situation that you think you can't handle, it's actually developing your competence. You're going to possibly be able to do some things you never thought you could do because all of a sudden you're facing situations that you never wanted to face in the first place and you're saying, God, why? God, why have you placed me here? God, I don't like this. God, this is uncomfortable. And the whole time God is maybe trying to teach you. God is trying to grow you up. I'd like to say this straightforward. Some people, they look at me. Again, if you want to be offended, you can choose to be offended, but I challenge you not to be, is some of us need to grow up. Let me say that again. Some of us need to grow up. Well, I'm 60 years old. I'm 70. Some of you need to, some of us need to grow up. We're not talking about chronological. Amen. Did you know you could be an 80-year-old baby? You could be a 65-year-old baby. You could be a 50. Some of us need to grow up. God puts us in the body, in the church. We're talking about church life. We're doing church life together, and sometimes it's not perfect. We ought to all wear the shirts, you know. Church, no perfect people allowed. Absolutely not. If you're, if you're perfect, you might want to leave because, man, you're going to mess the rest of us up because we're not perfect. We don't have it all together. We don't have our ducks in a row. And, and we, you know, we just like things a certain way. And, and uh, thank God for the Holy Spirit bringing us all together. Amen. Doing life together. We, we said last week that the church belongs to Jesus Christ. Did you know that this is his church? This is his church. It was, we know that the church was founded by Jesus. We know that the church was empowered by Jesus. Uh, and we expressed in many different ways that Jesus loves the universal church. Did you know that the church in Haiti is, is, is with us? We are a church together. The church in Africa, they are part of the church. Uh, the church in Brazil, they are a part of the church. The church in Indonesia, they are a part of the church. We are part of the universal church of Jesus Christ, the body. Body of Christ in the in the membership class, I like to call it the big C. The big C, the big church. But we know that Jesus also loves the little C, the local church. I love it that we have friends at Emmanuel Church. I love it that Grace Community Church, they welcome us. I love it that we can partner with the Salvation Army Church. I love it that, that it's been a little while, the Commons Church in Rochester and, and the church in Portsmouth and the church. This is the local church and Jesus built the local church and as well as the universal church. We are the church and so it is a beautiful thing when we can come together, when we can recognize what church life looks like, that it's not always easy and that it's not always perfect and that it, it doesn't always look like you want it to look like, but as long as Jesus is at at the center of our church, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. The truth is Jesus loves the church so much. God loves the church so much that he gave Jesus, to, Jesus gave his life on a cross to sacrifice himself for the church. He, he created it. He gives us a mission 
in the church and, and we get to share that mission with others. The, we get to share the gospel, the good news that changed your life can change somebody else's life and, and you and I in the body, in the church, we're a part of that. Last week, the text was Matthew 16, 16 through 18. And I'll get it to where, where Peter said, uh, Jesus has asked, you know, who do people say that I am? And then he said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven revealed it to you. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, we're not talking about Peter. We're not making him the first pope. We're not any of that. We're talking about his confession. And upon this rock, his confession... I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. And so this week, I want to build on that a little bit. I want to build on that. We talked about, again, the, uh, the nature of the church. Today, I want us to talk about the purpose of the church. And um, at Crosspoint, we like to say that this is our mission, our purpose. We say that uh, we exist to lead people to the so that Jesus Christ becomes the center of our lives. That is our mission statement. That is our goal. That is our purpose. That is why we exist. We exist to lead people to the cross so that Jesus Christ becomes the center of their lives. In a nutshell, the whole point is about sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And every church in its own way should be focused on that mission or purpose or at least should be, right? At least should be. I, listen, I learned a long time ago that I don't always recall everything that's important. Um, the older I get, sometimes I, re I forget things that I should have remembered. And so I need some prompts. I need some clues. Uh, I had a friend in Bible college who had a, uh, a background in drugs and alcohol. And he used to say, man, I burnt a lot of brain cells. And so I can't remember very many things. And so he used to walk around. His prompts or his cheat sheets were uh, index cards. And so in his room, I would go visit him, and he had index cards everywhere, a scripture here, a scripture there, and even reminders, you know, brush your teeth and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, boy. Um, and so we sometimes need prompts. And this morning, I want to give you a prompt or a, a tool to help you uh, remember the points of our message today. And so I want us to look at our text today, Matthew 5.16. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Say shine. shine. One more time, say shine. shine. I'm using the word shine as your prompt as it's an acrostic. In other words, every letter is going to mean something to you by the time uh, that we're done this morning about the purpose of the church. And so in the word shine, what is the first letter? Yeah. You didn't know you were going to get a quiz this morning, and so we're quizzing you a little bit. S is the first letter in the word shine. S stands for seek and share. It stands for what? 
seek, and share. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose in the church is to seek and to share. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. As a result, your job and my job in the church is to seek, and because Jesus is the Savior, we get to share Jesus so that he can save. Did you catch that? You and I don't do the saving, right? You and I don't do the saving. God always and clearly does the saving. We can't, I can't save anyone. You can't save anyone. We can't even save ourselves. But Jesus can save every single time. And so again, our purpose is to share Jesus so that Jesus can save the lost. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. That's a portion of scripture that's known as the Great Commission. The Great Commission or the Great Commandment. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Say always. always. Even to the end of the age. Amen. Listen, this commandment or uh, the Great Commission, as it's also referred to, was given to the church. Guess what? We're the church today. In 2024, we're the church. And so that great commission, that great commandment is basically our job. And in that job, in that commission, our job is to seek and to share. Remember, we are commanded by Christ to share the good news with those that don't know it. How many of you know there are a lot of people that are lost out there? They don't know Jesus. In fact, they don't even know that they're lost. They think they've got it all together. They think that they're just good enough and that they can get through this life without Christ. They don't even know that they're lost. How many of you were in that condition at one time? You didn't even know you were lost. Some of you feel like you were just born perfect maybe and, and uh, you'll have to share with me how you did that. And, and, uh, but for the rest of us, man, we needed saving we needed saving, and so we are commanded to share the good news uh, to, to those that don't know it. By the way, this is not Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission. It is not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. It's called the Great Commission or Commandment on Purpose. Uh, also notice the, the words that Jesus ends with uh, in verse thir- 20, I am with you always. How many of you know that Jesus is with us always? God is with us always. So how long did Jesus say? For a little while he's with us, for a day, for a month, for a year. No, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What's the point there? The point there is that to you and to me, hopefully we recognize that we have a responsibility to seek and to share while Jesus is with us here on earth. That you know what? Some of you say, but Pastor Freddie, I'm like Moses. I can't talk. I stutter. I don't know the right words. I'm not an evangelist. That's your job. Oh, no, 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 no. The Bible says it is my job to do the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, yes, as a a fellow believer in Christ, I have to share the gospel too, but you have to share the gospel. Listen, my story is not your story. God didn't deliver me from the things he delivered you from. God, you know, the, the stuff that you had go on in your life, it's there for a reason, on purpose and for a purpose. And God wants to use your story so that you can seek and so that you can share the good news with those around us, wherever we meet people. Listen, 
No generation will be able to share the good news with this generation except for this generation. That means us, Christians, are not uh, Christians of the past are not responsible for telling this generation about Christ. We are. Future Christians can't tell the, uh, our generation about Christ if they haven't even been born yet. And so listen, you and I, we have a calling. We have a charge with telling people about Jesus today. In fact, we all have influence. I talked a little bit about this in the earlier service. Some of you have a ton of friends. Some of you are surrounded by people and others that don't have as many might say, man, they got a lot of friends. They, they, and so what do you have all those friends to hoard them, to keep them to yourself? You have that many friends to influence people for Jesus. Did you, did you ever realize that? God put you around people, and if you're around a really a large amount of people, you have that much more influence, and so it's, it's important to start sharing Jesus wherever you are, that he's the answer for your hope, that he's the reason that when bad things happen, you have peace because you have Jesus, that when others see you and they, they think, man, they, they've got this going on and that going on and that go, their life should be in shambles, falling apart, and yet you're not because of Jesus. What a testimony, what a story you have. What a hope you have. Ver, uh, in Matthew 28, verse 20, it said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, it's our responsibility as long as Jesus is with us, as long as we're here on earth, to share the good news. Now, when you share, will everyone accept Jesus that you share with? Will everyone share, say, oh yes, I want you. No, listen, some of us were in that same place. We, we didn't know we needed Jesus. We didn't know that we didn't have Jesus. We didn't know that Jesus made a difference. We, some of us, we went to church week in and week out. We might have read a Bible verse here and there, watching football, John 3, 16. I've got enough Jesus and God to last me a lifetime. Oh, no, you don't. If you don't walk with relationship with Jesus, you today are lost. I don't say that to offend you. I don't say that to make you feel uncomfortable. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, he doesn't have, God, God doesn't have any grandchildren. God doesn't have any grandchildren. So if, you're, if your mother was a Christian or if your aunt or uncle was a Christian and, and so you're like trying to get into heaven through their salvation, you're missing the point. You've got to have your own relationship. You've got to have your own intimacy. That's the difference between religion and relationship. That you know what? Religion, you know, you can take it wholesale for what it is, but, but, but relationship has to be one-on-one. -on -one. Intimacy. People need the Lord. We need the Lord. It's, it's sad to see people that are broken and lost trying to maneuver through life without Jesus. It's sad to see them even get to the place where they feel, I have no value, and because I have no value, maybe I don't belong here anymore. You know what? This life stinks. Maybe I should just end it all. Uh, maybe I should just go away. If I went away, no one would miss me. Anybody ever hear someone say those sad words? A lot of people, a lot of people like that saying, uh, well, that's interesting. Thank you, Jesus, for being my friend. Um, great song. That's okay. That's okay. Listen, you and I, we have the answer, and they need an answer. They're lost, and they need to know the way. 
you, you, got the, you got the GPS with Jesus and they're lost. They're still looking at the paper map. They're still looking at the atlas, trying to figure it out. Jesus is your GPS this morning. You got to share the directions. You and I have the cure for the human soul. It would be criminal if you had the cure for cancer and didn't share it. It would be immoral if you had the cure for a, a, a terminal disease and you didn't share it. We have the cure. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He wasn't meant for you to hoard. We got to give him away, amen? 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20 says, Through Christ, God has made peace between us and himself. And God gave us the work. Who did he give the work to? He gave us the work of doing what? Of telling everyone about the peace that we can have in him. How many of you know peace in Jesus? We have that peace. And so we've been given the, the work, the job of telling everyone about the peace that we can have in him. So we have been sent to speak for Christ. It is as if God is calling to you through us. We speak for Christ. You have a story that only you have. Share your story. Seek and share. Amen. That's, that's what we need to do. In, in shining, we seek and share. H is the next letter in shine. And so H stands for help. Say help. help. One more time. Say help. help. Shout help. help. Good following directions. Our purpose in the church is to help each other. Again, we're here to care for one another as family members in Christ uh, because of the relationship that the New Testament church had with one another. If you look in the book of Acts, you have many examples of what a, a healthy church looks like. And so whenever there was a need or whenever there was a, a situation, the church collectively stepped in to help and meet that need. And we're supposed to do that same thing. We're, we're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to use our gifts and our talents uh, to help others, not just to serve ourselves. The, I, I, somebody shared this with me a long time ago, and it's, it's kind of a compelling argument because it gets me thinking that, you know, we, in our society and in our culture, we expect the government to take care of things. We expect the government to step in. We expect expect the government programs to take care of this and to take care of that. I believe we have enough churches in America that call themselves a church that if the church was really the church, our tax dollars wouldn't have to be going towards some of these programs because the church would take care of business. I know that sounds like kind of a big leap. It sounds like a big leap, but I believe that we've been called to do some stuff but it costs too much. <laughs> it costs too much. There's too much sacrifice. There, there's too much giving. There's too much required of me. And so we expect the government to do what maybe the church should be doing. Ephesians 2.10 says this, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we spend our lives doing the good things He already had planned for us to do. Whether you realize it or not, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He's got a mission for your life, for my life, something that you need to do. I'll even go as far as saying that what God had planned for you to do, I can't do. You have to do. 
or it falls by the wayside. Are you doing your part? There it is. We were created to do good things, to do good works. Everything that God does is good. Amen? Anybody say that? Everything that God does is good. So that when we do, do good things, when we do good works, we're actually imitating God. At Crosspoint, every time we plan an outreach, every time we partner with other churches in our community to, to help meet, meet the needs of those less fortunate, I believe that we are in the will of God. I believe that we are pleasing God. Now, someone might, might say, now, Pastor Freddie, I don't know about this outside thing. I don't know. So they might even apply it to, you know, some people have said, Pastor, why do we send so much money to this country or uh, missionaries to that country? We have enough problems of our own. We should be taking care of our own. We should be taking care of our own backyard. Uh, you know, we can chew uh, and uh, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, can't we? I hope we can. Some people are like, no, Pastor Freddie, I, I will trip. I will fall. Listen, God has a calling, and that isn't just for the, the, the church within these four walls. We have been called on mission to seek and to share. We have also been called to help. Amen? That is a calling. That is real. In fact, Proverbs 19.17 says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. And so that we help those in need, when we do, we're passing on God's blessings, and that's always, always a good thing. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you some special abilities. Listen, if you're breathing and you can hear my voice this morning, God has given you special abilities, talents, skills. He also goes on to say, be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to others God's blessing, many kinds of blessings. Uh, we like to say it at Crosspoint like this. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. We like to hoard. We like to hoard. We like to save for rainy days. We like to keep and keep and keep. We were never called to do that. We were called to, to give. We were called to be generous. We were called to imitate our Father. And so again, the purpose of the church is S, to seek and share, H, to help, and next is the letter I, and um, that stands for include. Say include. Our purpose in the church is to include other people. I'm going to say this in advance so that you don't quit on me and freak out with what I'm about to say. If anyone should be inclusive in the world today, it should be the church of Jesus Christ. And some of you are like, okay, where are you going with that? That inclusive word is used in political circles, and it's not always a good thing. Where are you going? The, we're talking about include. Shine your light for Jesus. Seek and share. Help. H. I. Include. Being inclusive. The church should be the most inclusive place. It's our purpose to welcome people into the family of God, to make them feel like they are wanted, to make them feel like they are loved, but because of the handicaps or because of the side thoughts that some of you are maybe happy, having, I want to share this. How many of you have heard about uh, the controversial Super Bowl 
uh, ad that's running right now that's being talked about, he gets us. He gets us. All right, some of you have seen it. Some of you are looking at me like we have no idea what you're talking about. And that's okay. You should look it up and form your own opinion. But this is what we have to say about it this morning. He gets us. Some have argued that this ad preaches tolerance by Jesus for sin by Jesus. And in light of that, being inclusive here sounds really bad. Because the ad is basically equating that if we share the truth, we're actually hating. All right? So, and that's the troubling part is that, you know, Jesus washed feet he didn't hate. And so it leads us to believe that if you share truth today in 2024, you're hating because all Jesus did was wash feet. Is that, is that all that Jesus did? I don't think that's all that... Jesus did, uh, you know, and again, the ad over and over, you're getting images of washing the feet of sinners, and that looks really loving. The truth is this, Jesus washed the, the feet of the disciples. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Don't, don't get it twisted. He, he didn't wash the feet of the woman uh, caught in sin. He didn't wash the feet of the, he didn't wash the, and, and we're not talking about hypotheticals. We're talking about truth and what the Bible says. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. He loved sinners by sharing that there's a better way. There's a better way to live. And he encouraged them to not, not you know what, we're not going to talk, we're not just going to, I don't want you to mire and just kind of sit in that sin, in that sin. I want you to go and sin no more. That's the truth. The whole truth. And see, in Christ, we include people. We need to be inclusive, sharing the truth and, and love. Always, It always needs to be a part of the equation. How many of you know there's always a, a positive way to say a negative thing? How many of you know that we need to season our truth with love and grace? And it's important that, you know, as a, as a preacher, as a one that's sharing your story, you don't walk around. I knew people like this. <coughs> You love them. You want to see them saved. And so you start out with you're going to hell. Did you know you're going to hell? Did you know that you're sinning? You're going to hell. You're going to be there for eternity. You don't want to go there, do you? You mean well, but your method needs to be changed a little bit. Truth has to, love and truth have to go hand in hand. How we share that truth, not yelling or being crazy, acting crazy about their sin. You know, how we share the truth is, is, is as important as sharing the truth by, by itself. Like first people, listen, first people know, need to know that true love does not tolerate sin, but love cleanses sin. Love forgives sin. True love does not shame. True love does not condemn someone without first offering hope. It always shares the freedom that we can have in Christ as we surrender our sin, love and truth, truth and grace, hand in hand, we want to be inclusive. We don't want to be in a place where we are just uh, tolerating and it's okay, you're a sinner, stay in your sin. Did you know that the, the most loving thing you could do is share truth? And, and the most hateful thing that you can do is to coddle someone in their sin. 
the most hateful thing. Well, pastor, I don't want to offend them. And so I, I know what they're, that what they're doing is wrong. And so I just, uh, you know, I, I just want to make them feel accepted. And I just want to, in Christ, he's got open arms. As a church, we have open arms. Uh, but at the same time, we need to speak the truth in love that you need to take care of your sin, that, that Jesus wants to forgive you, that Jesus wants to give you hope, that, that Jesus wants has a great blessing for your tomorrow. You don't have to stay bound in your sin. You don't have to stay tied up in those chains that bind you. I believe we're a friendly church. We greet each other. We welcome each other. It's important to share that with our, our friends. If you're new to our church this morning, I hope I'm not offending you. Uh, but at the same time, I want you to know the truth. This is what we believe. And it's not just something out of my head. It's the gospel. It's the word of God. It's the truth that set me free. It's the truth that can set you free. We believe that together we're better. We believe that every person matters. But more than believing that or saying that, I love it that we practice it it's important to Jesus it's important to me to walk into a church and feel included the gospel is for everyone listen there are too many places where people feel excluded I believe it's important to, to have the heart of God when it comes to that I mean we should want broken and messed up people in church trying to find their way we should want them here. But some of us, we have trouble with that. What's that movie? Uh, Jesus Revolution, I believe it is. It's the story of uh, uh, Calvary Chapel. Uh, the guy from, I'm not going to remember the actor, but how many of you seen Jesus Revolution? Anybody in here? Oh, man, you have to see it if you haven't seen it. You have to see it. What is it? Greg Laurie is the, the stories about his life, but the actor some of you would recognize from, from another sitcom series or whatever. Uh, but the, 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 the vision or the, the scene where they're in church and the people are, you know, in, in their suits and ties and all of a sudden these street people come in and they don't know how to act in church. They, they probably don't smell good. They probably, they don't look good to the religious, but the, the, the pastor isn't even comfortable in the beginning, but the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in his heart and he's like, you know, hurting people. This is where they belong. Uh, we should be helping them. We should be including them. Them. There's a process in that, but we have to make sure that, that, that we welcome them and that we share the truth in love with them. Hebrews 2.11 says, Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. Let me say that again. Jesus and the people that he makes holy all belong to the same family. How will they ever be made holy unless they're in, a, in the presence of preaching, in the presence of truth, in the presence of the word of God? That is why he is ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. I believe God wants us to grow this family. I believe God wants us to extend the invitation to be inclusive that you know what? This is where you can come to be made whole. This is where you can come to be set free. Again, the purpose of the church is S, to seek and to share, H, to help, I, to include, and next, N, stands for nurture. Our purpose in the church is to nurture people. I'm wrapping it up. I know I'm going long today. Nurture, when we hear that word, we think babies. 
We think children. But nurture is about growing people in Christ. Nurture is, is about becoming more and more like him. Did you know that God's plan for your life was to make you more like Jesus? From the very beginning, the Bible says, God decided that those who come to him would become more and more like his son so that his son would be the first of many brothers. So when we pray, Jesus, I want to be more like you. Anybody ever pray that? Jesus, God, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. We better be ready for what that means because God has a, 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 a process for you to be in. God is doing something uh, in your life. And when you call on him to become more like his son, things might happen. A man was sleeping in his cabin when suddenly his room filled with light and, and God appeared to him and the Lord told him that he had a special work for him to do and God showed him a large boulder in front of this beautiful little cabin. And the Lord told this man that his job, his mission was to push up against this rock with all of his might. And so the man said, okay, God, that's what you want me to do? That's what I'll do. And so day after day, he pushed up against the rock. And for many years, the man pushed up against the rock. And from sunup to sundown, his shoulders were set squarely against that cold, massive surface of the unmoving rock. Each night, the man returned to his cabin. He was sore. He was worn out, feeling like his whole day had been wasted. Anybody ever work at something and you feel like not making any progress? It feels like you're banging your head against the wall. It feels like you're just not going anywhere, but you feel exhausted. You feel tired. You feel like you just worked 48 hours in the eight you just worked. And since that man was so discouraged... The devil decided to enter the picture. How many of you know that when you feel discouraged or down, be very careful. Those are moments when the enemy comes in to try and finish you off. And so Satan found him discouraged, decided to enter the picture. He began to place more and more negative thoughts in the man's mind. He started thinking of himself as a failure and he became quite depressed to the extent that he started having thoughts of suicide. And so he went about like with the thoughts and then the thoughts became what was going to be an action. He set a time, he set a method, he set a way. He was gonna carry out this plan to take himself out because he had convinced himself that this world would be better off without him, that he wasn't making any headway, that his life had no purpose. But before he carried out the act of suicide, he prayed to God one more time. Lord, he said, I've labored long and hard in your service, putting all of my strength to do that which you asked me to do. And yet after all this time, the rock has not moved even a quarter inch. What went wrong? How did I fail you? What did I do? That I should, what, what should I have done? The Lord said, I asked you to serve me and push up against a rock. You've done that. You've been faithful. But I never expected you to move the rock. Your task was to push. Say push. Your task was to push so you have not failed. 
You have not failed. Your arms are stronger today than they were yesterday. Your back is, is, is stronger too. Your legs have become massive and your hands are calloused, ready to do some real work through pushing. You have actually become a different person than you were before. Through opposition, you have, you have actually become stronger. True, you have not moved the rock but you have just exercised your body as well as your faith. You just pushed. So now I'm going to move the rock. At times we hear the word of God and we try to analyze what that means. When actually God wants us to be faithful and obey. He wants us to push, pray until something happens. Push, Pray until something happens. But pastor, I've been praying for weeks. I've been praying for months. I've been praying for years. I've been faithful. I'm doing it. Nothing is happening. I don't know what is going wrong. God is wanting to do a work in your life. And it's in that season where he is wanting to nurture you to become more like Christ. As the church, we nurture people by teaching and preaching the word. We nurture people by spending time in prayer. We nurture by offering times of fellowship in and out of the church. My prayer is that people would see this value in our purpose. That, you know what? We need to nurture. Even today, we need to nurture. Worship team, come on back. The last letter, shine. S-H-I-N is E. E stands for exalt. Say exalt. Our purpose in the church is to exalt the Lord. We exalt the Lord by worshiping Him. Anybody love to worship? We exalt the Lord by worshiping Him. The psalmist said it this way, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Say together. Listen, the overall purpose of the church is to glorify God, to exalt Him. It's what the church needs to do today. It's what the church needs to do tomorrow. It's what the church is going to be doing for all eternity. And so we are at, we, this is worship practice, folks. This is the dress rehearsal. This life, this season, this week, this journey, this adventure that you're, that you're on. We're to exalt the Lord. I believe that many people are not experiencing all that God has for them because they're too busy, too distracted to exalt the Lord, distracted by the cares of the world. But if you would only pause and exalt the Lord, He would fill you. He would touch you. He would strengthen you. Push. Pray until something happens. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Shine. You and I are to shine so that all men will see God in us and he will be glorified. Stand to your feet. See, God is worthy of the best that we can give him. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What is the purpose of the church? The purpose is to shine. Why? So that men may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven.
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for what you're doing in the life of your people. Church life is what we're preaching about. It's not, it's not always clean and gathered and pretty. It gets messy sometimes. But Lord, as long as you're in the center of it, you're going to receive all the glory. You're going to receive all the praise. And you're going to change us in the process. Jesus, help us to shine. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's close.